Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a bunch of NBA news to get into today. John Wall, will he actually be traded this year? Maybe not. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about teams that might be interested, including the Clippers and some of their past and what that means for John Wall and whether or not that actually could be a landing spot for him. We've got a few signings, things like that to break down. A lot to get into. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm jealous, though, because every time we come on here, you're rocking some kind of Lakers Nation gear. We got to get some front office gear. We got I, to. I, I need a polo or or I'm partial to the quarter zip pullovers. Okay. I, I like those because those, those work. Those are nice out on the sock field. I could even advertise the show and have people be like, what's front office show? And I'm like, let me show you <laughs> and uh, boost our numbers a little bit or something like that. But no, I'm good, man. Yeah, we're uh, – Shoot, we're a week and a half from camps opening, and uh, t- teams are uh, not really – normally this is a very dead time. Uh, and mm-hmm. We've still got stuff going on, so I don't think this is going to – There, there's clearly not even going to be a full-on dead time. It's just going to be stuff happening all the way up to training camp. Which I love. I hate the dead time. It drives me crazy. I just sit and stare at the calendar. I'm like, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Can the season start already? And at least now we've got some stuff that's actually going on, and I guess we'll kick things off. With uh, John Wall, uh, Zach Lowe, and Tim McMahon from ESPN discussing that maybe John Wall won't even get traded this year. And Keith, it appears the plan between the Houston Rockets and John Wall, as we discussed on our last show, is for him to sit out until he's traded. Could that mean that John Wall sits out this entire season? It could, and this is different from the Ben Simmons situation because this is a mutual thing, so it's not like he's going to be fined and not uh, paid. And we'll, we'll see if the NBA eventually steps in here and says, hey, healthy guy, you got to play him. Now he's not exact. They're not really trying to win. This is mm-hmm. kind of a mutual thing here, so I, I don't think we're going to see it go that direction. My guess is, yeah, I, I we're not going to see him play another game for the Rockets. I would be very surprised, and it may not be a trade that happens this year. My belief is what will happen here is unless the Rockets jump in as a third or fourth team in some kind of Ben Simmons trade where there's lots of money moving around and big salaries kind of shuffling around different teams, that John Wall stays with the Rockets, and then when we get to the trade deadline and he has sat out for months, that that turns into all of a sudden a, all right, I want to play. I can mm-hmm. play. Contender X is down a point guard. They really need somebody. I want to go join up and chase a title or something like that. And then he works some kind of bio similar to Blake Griffin. That that just seems to be the way it goes. Because it's, it's very easy for him to, him and his reps to say no bio right now. Mm. And that's fair. And they, they shouldn't. There's no reason for them to take a bio right now at this moment. Um, Then by all accounts, he's going to continue to be there in the facility. He's been a really good teammate for the young guys and has been very helpful for them. So he's just right now the highest paid assistant coach in the entire NBA. (laughs) Highest paid by quite a bit. In fact, contractually, look, I mean, he's got, what, $44 million and change this season. Player option next season for $47 million. And yeah, I think he's going to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine he <laughs> yeah. probably, although, you know, we said the same thing about Chris Paul, so you never know, but it feels like, especially if he sits out the season, that pretty much guarantees that he's picking up that player option. Um, I didn't, yeah. I was a little bit surprised or taken aback by the, the notion that he could have to sit out the entire season though, in order for this to get done. I do agree with you. I think that at some point, John Wall probably starts to want to really get back out on the floor and maybe they come to a buyout or something like that. 
I just have a hard time trying to find a landing spot for him via trade yeah. for where a team's going to take on that salary. You know, the, the Clippers have been mentioned as a team that maybe might want to go after him. I mean, they, they're, you can argue that they still have a need at point guard. You can say, you know, okay, they've got Eric Bledsoe, they've got Reggie Jackson, but would John Wall present an upgrade for them? They've got some some uh, salaries that they can stack up in order to try to get a deal done. But there was also a report, and this is again from Zach Lowe, that the Clippers were never that interested in Russell Westbrook. And in my mind, if you weren't very interested in Russell Westbrook, wouldn't it stand a reason that you also probably wouldn't have that much interest in John Wall? Yeah, Westbrook's a better player at this yeah. point than than Wall is. Uh, I don't see Wall being a massive upgrade over what they, they have yeah. in L.A. Already, I think Reggie Jackson is a really good fit there. I think Eric Bledsoe, just because if for no other reason his reliability um, has been better than, than uh, John Wall has been. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking trading Eric Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, and another salary or two in there to go get John wall. And then you're going to, you feel good with Let's say with Serge Ibaka. Cause I think that number gets them there. If it was Bledsoe, Kennard and Ibaka. And you feel like, all right, we'll, we'll just keep Perry Giles and Isaiah Hardenstein and them with Zubach. We've got our front court handled and we bring him wall. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, I, think I would probably do that if I was the Clippers. I just don't think they're going to. And I don't know that Houston wants to take on three guys for him at this point. Yeah. They, they've got a little bit of a crowded roster already. And that's they're in a position where, yeah, they could probably take them on and just sort through and figure things out as they, they go here uh, the rest of the way. But, yeah, I, I, I just don't know that there's a match there. It feels like if this was a month ago at the start of the offseason – Maybe it might have made more sense then right. before they went and acquired Bledsoe. But now, as it stands, probably not. Probably just just uh, move on and bingo if you're the Clippers. Which, I mean, just creates an even bigger challenge when you look around the NBA. Find a landing spot for John Wall. It's not yeah. easy. Yeah, it's as we easy. said when this news first broke, too, who needs a point guard right now? Very few teams. Yeah. I mean, look how hard it was for Dennis Schroeder to find a, a spot. Sure. And then it was ultimately Boston – got him on you know a steal of a contract for the kind of player he is so yeah that's just becomes a just if we just went strict basketball wise didn't you can't with a 44 million dollar contract but even if we did just yeah how, how do you get there it just there there's not a lot of places that make sense did you see dennis schroeder on instagram i believe it was yesterday i did that the joke did. about you know <laughs> go ahead and chime in with your fumbled the bag jokes and all that like okay yep. all right at least you can poke a little it. bit of fun at yourself so i like that as he him. sat in front of two cars that are worth more than my home i know right? uh, and uh and you know uh luggage a ton of luggage that's probably also worth more than my home that i assume is probably just filled with cash and goodies probably. so yeah hey yeah, I, I think uh good for him for having some fun with it. Interesting little note. This has mm -hmm. no bearing on anything. Yesterday was his birthday and he shares a birthday with Josh Richardson. Another oh. Celtics acquisition. So yeah. So birthday boys uh, for fact. Boston yesterday. Yeah. Um, all right. Our, our next thing up, we've got, um, wow. Keith. So I've got in my notes here, Okafor to the Hawks and my brain went a Mecca. Okafor. That's, <laughs> That's not um, a good thing. That's not a good thing. Jalil Okafor lands with lands with the uh, the Atlanta Hawks on a non guaranteed deal. Uh, what do you think? Does he actually have a shot of sticking there, or is this more of just kind of a camp thing? And then you think he winds up getting uh, getting cut? Yeah. So kind of interesting. The Hawks 
can maybe wage a little bit of a camp battle here between him and uh, Timothy Lawawu Cabarro. I think Okafor may have a leg up on mm-hmm. making the roster over Cabarro. I think they need a big, a little bit more than they need another wing. Uh, that team right now, all of their wings are healthy. Let's let's uh, knock on wood real quick here, and hopefully that that stays that way. Uh, but yeah, up front because they're not. I think. Um, just I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. They're not going to have Onyeka Kongwu at the beginning of the season. Uh, they did sign Gorgie Jang, and John Collins has shown he can play some five uh, when Quinn Capella is out of the game. But that's kind of it for their big man rotation right now. It's 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 Capella, Collins, and Jang. Uh, Gallo, eh, they've the times that he's played the five has not gone well. No, it's I been just too hard to craft a decent defense. Not that Okafor's good defensively but i i don't hate the idea of him as a third center on this team and yeah. uh, give them some minutes until the congo is back and then maybe you move on if if you find a need somewhere else that they, they they they've got enough room they are let me make sure i'm right yeah they're about 1.8 million under the tax right now so yeah if if you know congo gets back by let's say January and you're like all right we don't need okafor anymore we now need somewhere somebody somewhere else and go so wouldn't surprise me if he makes the roster. I I still think the guy can score, if nothing mm-hmm. else, on second units, and and that still has some value, especially as a regular season innings eater. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some value there as well. Wouldn't surprise me if he does wind up sticking around, and I I hope so. You know, there was so much promise with him coming into the NBA. Obviously, it just hasn't quite worked out, but still think he's a very talented player. Uh, speaking of centers, though, Anthony Davis. Maybe this is a real thing now, right? We heard right after the Davis, uh, uh, the Westbrook trade to the Lakers that AD and LeBron and Russell Westbrook had got together and discussed how they were going to make things work on the basketball court. And that Westbrook said he was going to do his best to become better off the ball, that he was going to be more at peace with not having the ball in his hands uh, at all times. And AD and LeBron would each slide down a position, which means AD Mm -hmm. at the five. And most people just kind of dismissed that, said, you know, whatever. Yes, he's saying that now, but we know AD doesn't like to play the five during the regular season, which has been a, a thing for the last few years at least. And now we've got Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report saying that Rich Paul actually was even telling other agents that, yeah, LeBron's going to be the four, AD's going to be the five, and you would think he would probably know. So this may have some legs to it. Anthony Davis actually playing the center position predominantly for the Lakers this season. I don't know, Keith, strategically it makes some sense, but the big question is always, can he hold up and can he stay healthy if he's logging those minutes at center? Yeah, it's the best way to make up for Westbrook's lack of shooting because AD as a shooting four is good, but AD as a shooting five is really good. Yeah. So that may, makes makes the, the big difference. You can clearly craft a good enough defense with him at the five. Both New Orleans and the Lakers have done it at uh, various times and for various minutes. It just comes down to... There are very few um, big body banging centers like there used to be. There, there, there's Joel Embiid still out there. You've got guys like Nurkic, Gobert um, that, that are still out there. Uh, Clint Capella, who we just talked about, those kind of guys. Um, that maybe DeAndre Ayton a little bit inside that you know can put a shoulder in AD and move him around and those kind of things. So I think it's probably going to be one of those things that 
I would be surprised if he necessarily starts games there, mm-hmm. but I think either Howard or Jordan comes in, they get that five minute or so uh, to that first time out, then they're out. And then you see that each half. And then I think he plays a lot of five in the more meaningful minutes of games. And maybe when you're going against more of a stretch five guy or somebody who's a little bit smaller, like if you're going against Golden State and it's James Wiseman or Which is opening night. Looney. Yeah, exactly. Maybe then Davis does start at the five and that's a good way to get a lot more balanced offense on the floor. I, I think what's more important than starting and all that stuff to me is this says to me that he will play a lot at the five yeah. uh, this year versus being a last five minutes of the game thing, last couple minutes of the first half kind of thing. To me, if he's playing 10 to 15 minutes a night at the five of his probably about 35 minutes or so a night, that's pretty big for the Lakers because then you can build a lot more functional um, offensive rotation. What becomes kind of interesting there, though, is sounds great to bump Davis and James up a position to the four and the five, Mm -hmm. but who then plays the three without getting really kind of small? Um, in your your thing because Carmelo can't really play the three no. anymore. Uh, do you go with is, is Trevor Reza, Kent Bazemore? I'm guessing Tucker, one of, those two. of course. Yeah. Um, probably get, gets in there and plays, but but it, it, it it's interesting. If nothing else, it just becomes. Are you robbing Peter to pay Paul here? Are you really just kind of creating a whole one place to not create one somewhere else? So, But the good news is versatility of lineups is never a bad thing to have, and the Lakers have that more this year than I think they did last year, maybe even more than they did in the championship team as well. Well, and, you know, uh, the thing that gives this the ring of truth to me is when we are thinking about this theoretical or hypothetical discussion that was had between Westbrook Davis and LeBron about okay what are we all gonna have to do in order to make this work and play together I don't know why but in my head they're sitting around a campfire roasting marshmallows while they're having this talk I have no idea why my brain (laughs) goes there I'm sure that is not what it looked like but in any event they're having this discussion and if you're Russell Westbrook you've got to concede like okay hey the ball's not going to be in my hands as much as Mm -hmm. I'm used to as much as I would like because I'm you know, LeBron and AD are going to have the ball too. But if you think back to what the Houston Rockets did, getting rid of Clint Capella in order to maximize the effectiveness of Russell Westbrook, and they did that so that you could have floor spacing, and you could have guys drawing that big away from the rim, which then allowed Russ to just get to the basket pretty much whenever he wanted and not have that extra help there. I The Lakers could have something, not exactly, that you're not going to have a Mike D'Antoni offense or anything like that, but sure. if, if Russ is conceding that, okay, I'm not going to have the ball as much, Anthony Davis and LeBron conceding, okay, we'll move down a position, helps accommodate him. I think it helps him the most. So there's that give and take to that negotiation, if we want to call it that, that uh, gives it a little bit of uh, the ring of truth to me. Yeah, I I definitely think we're going to see him at the five a lot more than we have uh, the last couple of seasons. I I just think the lineup or the roster construction almost demands it. And let's be honest, we don't even know how much Howard and Jordan have left right. at this point. Dwight didn't look great at a lot of times with Philly last year. It's now 
maybe he's happier in LA or whatever in the world happened with that situation where he tweeted he was coming back and then he wasn't and, mm. oh, and he yeah. didn't and now he is back and all that stuff so you know maybe he's happier that gives him a little bit more maybe DeAndre Jordan has more left than, than what we thought but yeah it's they're gonna have to play AD at the five I continue to believe one of their open roster spots maybe not now but at some point it'll go to another five option uh by by the time we get to the playoffs and maybe somebody who could be a slight upgrade over howard or jordan uh late in the year and into the postseason so we'll we'll see where that goes yeah i'd imagine that's something the lakers would love to see happen (laughs) (laughs) um well done isaiah thomas that could that would be fun that would be uh, that would be kind yeah. of fun. And then, then talk about having some shooting on the floor because the one thing Kevin Love can do is still space the floor with a shot. So, yeah. yeah. Could be All a right. good time, but, but he's got to secure that buyout <laughs> first. Um, Isaiah yeah. Thomas working out for the Warriors. And he's worked out for Not a few Jessica teams. Not just Moscow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he is, you know, I'd love to see him wind up somewhere. I think he still has something left, something to prove in the NBA. Yeah. He's not the guy that he once was or anything like that. But working out for the Warriors could be a nice home for him. I don't whether it's the Warriors or someone somewhere else. I just want to see IT in the NBA somewhere. Agreed. Yeah, and I think this with the Warriors, what's happening here is this is probably on the Warriors side, more of a, hey, let's check in. How does he look? Well, what does it look like? Uh, That team still doesn't really have a real backup point guard on their roster. Probably the closest thing is Chris Chioza, uh, who's on a two-way contract. So we'll see, you know, where, where they go. Their challenge is they don't have an open roster spot right now yeah. for it. So, so that, that, that also becomes a little bit, bit of an interesting thing. I mean, if we're struggling to find a home for John Wall, uh, to play point guard, it's going to be a kind of hard to also find one for Isaiah Thomas. But the difference there is John Wall's coming in with the idea of going to play and play a lot right. where it, you could bring him in as kind of a, all right, Hey, we're going to work, work up to this and get, get you built up to, to playing a lot more. So, yeah, I, the, my, the my money will guess, be slightly different too. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that that too. Um, my my guess is, yeah, we're we're gonna see him probably not catch on with someone for for at least the start of training camp. But but I'm confident he'll be back in the league at some point in the year as as a point guard. I need developed somewhere. Uh, Pascal Siakam. A little bit uncertain of his standing with the franchise, but addressed the fact that his name was popping up in trade rumors. Sounds like it didn't bother him and not in a way of just like, oh, no, some of the the players, right? You hear them say, oh, no, I just shut all that stuff out. I don't pay any attention to it. Are they the biggest lie? I was going to say it's a lie. They're usually lying when they say that, but you do get that response a lot. Oh, no, I shut shut that stuff out. Siakam actually distinguished that like he heard it. But it was because it wasn't coming from like, hey, the Raptors want to trade him. It was more other teams wanting to acquire him. So that didn't bother him so much. Yeah, I highly encourage everybody to go check out the article. I did a pretty wide-ranging article with Sopan Deb of the New York Times. Um, uh, they, They really got into a lot of different stuff. And yeah, on the trade rumor piece, he basically said, yeah, it was never that the Raptors told me they were looking to move me, and none of the rumors were that the Raptors were looking to move me. It was always teams liked me, and then that's always a good thing, right? You yeah. want teams to like you and want you. I think the other part with him, which was maybe a little more interesting to me, was he was very candid that when he signed his extension, he didn't fully understand what his role was with the franchise. Was he 
resigning to be the team's franchise player. Mm -hmm. And he uh, spoke about how Kyle Lowry was still there. And he uh, very rightly so called Kyle Lowry, the greatest Raptor of all time. Um, And then he was uh, very open about just not fully understanding that and how uh, the communication wasn't always fully there the way they wanted it to be. But then he also spoke about how he's known Masai Ujiri for years, especially uh, both of their involvements in Africa and African basketball and getting it to grow and those kind of things and how he feels very comfortable there now. So my guess is this is a just it was it was um, not my guess. Uh, let me rephrase that. This was really cool to see him be uh this candid yes like it was it was really neat to to see a guy be this open and and this honest about things especially when he's under contract for a couple more years uh there to toronto that's not like he's on his way out the door or anything like that yeah absolutely there's a lot of times where usually you get this kind of a response out of either a rookie who hasn't been dealing with the media a lot and so they just they say stuff that and that later on yep. like comes back or whatever or or a veteran who is like they're at the end and they're kind of like whatever I can say whatever I want at this point you know what's what's anybody going to do to me I'm on a veteran minimum like that type of thing yeah. usually the guys that are in Pascal Siakam's spot are not as candid and I'm not saying that in a negative way like they have reason sure. to to be sort of careful with their words and all that but it was just refreshing to hear somebody that was just so open about everything that he yep. that he had to say and his relationship with the franchise and and all of that not that anything came across negative because I don't think that it did but it was just kind of cool to hear him kind of I don't know let loose a little bit yeah, one other note too from the piece. Um, I think it's been forgotten a little bit. He's coming off off-season surgery. I, I think it was shoulder surgery, and he was talking about how he's not really there yet. So I don't know that we're going to see him to start this year. That had always been kind of the rumor that he'd be out to to open the season, and I think he kind of confirmed that uh, himself here. So that that makes it a little more interesting with Scotty Barnes and do they go small with OG Ananobi uh, playing up a position or do they even play Barnes at the four? Uh, does Precious Achua work his way in there? Um, uh, Chris Boucher, could he could he play some four, which is what he initially was thought to be in the NBA? So just something to keep an eye on there. Just uh, Siakam may not be in there right away to start the year. Well, and speaking of the Raptors, you know, we still aren't sure exactly what's going to happen with Gordon Dragic, although it does feel yep. more and more like he's going to be staying. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks now connected to Frank Nilakina. Does that, you know, maybe inform us a little bit that the Mavs are, are operating so they don't? I mean, that's been the rumored landing spot for Dragic if he does get bought out by the Raptors was to land in Dallas but now Dallas is looking at Nilakina does that then mean that uh the the buyout thing is probably not happening yeah I I don't think the buyout thing is happening anyway he kind of killed that early on I, I think that was more of a right that Toronto Miami deal happened miraculously is the seconds uh free agency opened so that was uh you know just incredible how that was negotiated they so, are so, so fast rapidly. it's amazing i know unbelievable <laughs> maybe it's it's because of canada maybe, maybe they were uh, i don't know they're not time zones ahead they're, they're, they're like only the, right the international us, date so. line no they're not yeah, on the date maybe. line it's gotta be i don't know yeah, something don't know. crazy happened yeah, there something crazy happened there <laughs> but anyway they um that was rumored right after is well dallas was we still didn't know was Dallas going to be a cap space team or are they not? Could could this become a three team trade or could mm-hmm. Toronto just then spin Dragic off by himself and all those things and those things never really happened. So my guess is he's there to start the year. Uh, probably plays there for 
up until the trade deadline, see if there's there's a trade that materializes. If not, then maybe they start talking buyout, and let's see where Toronto is at that point too. If they're competitive, maybe Dragic is. No, nah, I'm good. I, I want to stay here, and let's you know keep pushing for a playoff spot or something like that. The Dallas side of things, very interesting. So Mark Stein, who when Stein reports on stuff with the Mavs, it's it, pretty good. Yes, <laughs> you, you can, he's very tuned in can, with uh, the Mavs. Yeah, you can take it to the bank with him. They don't have an open roster spot right now on their their like 15 man mm-hmm. roster for Frank Nilakina. So that's got my eyebrows raised a little bit. Now they could waive a player and need, need a little bit of salary. That wouldn't be an issue, you know, if they wanted to move on from Trey Burke or uh somebody like that at toward towards the end of the bench. Even Moses Brown, he's only got a partially guaranteed contract and he's like the sixth center of you know, six centers on that roster right now. So or this could just be a camp thing. Let's bring in Nilakina, let's get a look at him, let's see where he's at. But I think that's interesting because if he can play that's kind of a fun defensive minded guy to put with Luca mm-hmm. in the backcourt. And that, that gives you a, the, he would instantly be their best uh, guard defender on that roster. Um, and I think you need to start, um, the, how do I put it? You need to start managing your roster around Luca's limitations as a defender um, more than maybe Dallas has in the last couple of seasons. But I think that's also, I think if you could pour truth serum into Dallas, they were better, quicker than a lot of people maybe thought they would yes. be. So you weren't necessarily going to start doing that until it was time. And now clearly it's time. So I, I like that landing spot for Nilakina if it if it does come to fruition and he can stick there in Dallas. Yeah, I think it would be a good fit. And speaking of guard landing spots, Dante Exum sticking with the Houston Rockets looked pretty good playing for uh, for Australia. And now yep. uh, he's going to hang on in uh, in Houston. And we'll see. You know, there was so much hype on him coming into the NBA. I remember this was a big deal, uh, him coming into the NBA draft. He never really hit in the NBA at this yeah. point, but still intriguing. Got the, the size and the handle and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see uh, what he can do with the Houston Rockets. Plenty of opportunities there, but definitely a team in transition as well. Yeah, again, another team. They don't have a roster spot, so not not entirely sure where that one's going to go either. Now they've yeah. got guys they can waive to bring Exum in on the 20-man roster, but it's getting them onto that 15-man roster. It sounds like the deal is going to be um, very incentive-laden uh, for Exum. My guess is the guy who probably goes, if, if this comes to fruition, is probably Kyrie Thomas, who they signed uh, late last season uh, to a to a multi-year deal, but he's on a non-guaranteed contract. And the idea with Exum would be now we've got enough point guard depth because they're committed to playing Kevin Porter at the one mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. Uh, they've also got uh, DJ Augustine still there. And then Dante Exum would come in as the third guy. Um, and then John Wall, but we know what that situation he's is sitting. as we talked in yeah. depth. But yeah, it sounds like this one's going to be very similar to what the Rockets did with Nene a few years back where the number is going to be like, whoa, that number is big. And then does he actually hit those incentives or not? That That's going to be what ultimately will determine if uh, you know, Exum's uh, contract comes in where it was at. But yeah, I think people forget too, he was on his second deal already because he, he had signed an extension right. uh, previous. So he's, he's uh, he's he's by no means old, but he's also not a 20-year-old kid anymore. He's just been out of sight, out of mind for a couple of years now. Right, right. And lastly, jumping from Dante Exum's Olympic performance to Team USA. 
Yeah. Looking like they're going to have a new coach before the start yeah. of the NBA season, fresh off of winning a gold medal. Do you have anybody in mind that you think would be would be a good candidate for for Team USA at this point? Yeah, it used it was for a long time the rumor was that it was going to be Brad Stevens was uh-huh. going to be the one who was going to take over Team USA. I think now in his new job that's not going to be the case. Um but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Steve Kerr maybe gets elevated yeah. to that job. There's there's been some rumor of uh potentially maybe um uh uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who has coached Team USA through several of the qualifying cycles um, and was a big part of just getting the team into the Olympics because um, that 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 was big and into the World Cup and those kind of things. But uh, other names that were mentioned, guys who have USA basketball experience, Eric Spolstra, Tom Thibodeau, Monty Williams, Nate McMillan, Doc Rivers, Lloyd Pierce, uh, as well as Steve Kerr and Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, that was from Grant Hill. Um, mentioned um, some of those things. Uh, Grant Hill is now in charge of USA Basketball. He took over for uh, Jerry Colangelo and and is running things. So he he basically wants somebody who comes in, um, understands the the regular season game, but can manage the guys. And that's always the hard part. He's managing all those egos because you've got a whole bunch of guys who are superstars and some of them are going to play five minutes a game and sometimes we would not even play at all and that that can be really hard so it, it's we'll, we'll we'll see you know where this goes but it's a uh, you know it's a it's a pretty good job if you can get it i guess is the best way to put that yeah and you know what i mean you went through that list and i'm just thinking you can't go wrong like there's so like you could yeah. you can make an argument for any of those guys those are all great coaches um, so the team USA should be in good hands regardless of, of who they wind up going with. And hopefully they can continue finding success and, uh, continuing to grow the game around the world. Yeah. All right. Let's rapid fire, go through some camp signings and two way signings. If any of these jump out, interrupt, and, uh, we'll hear your thoughts on those. Uh, uh, Josh Hall was waived from his two way with the thunder. They, they signed Paul Watson. Watson had been with the Toronto Raptors, uh, last season. And I believe the end of the season before, uh, there, um, Damian Dotson cleared waivers from the Cleveland Cavaliers. That will make way for them to sign Denzel Valentine and Kevin Pangos uh, coming in there. I think Valentine's an interesting addition to, for a team that needs wing help uh, there. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, I think we might have talked about we this did. briefly, but he's going to be with the Clippers uh, there. Derek Austin Jr. Um, is signed a camp deal with the Utah Jazz. Juwan Morgan is inked his camp deal with the Boston Celtics. Caleb Martin, uh, one of the two Martin twins. He had been playing with the Charlotte Hornets for the first couple of years of his career. Um, he is now going to be on a two-way contract with the Miami Heat. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan McLaughlin both signed their contracts with the Minnesota Timberwolves. It also sounds like, as an aside for Minnesota, Leandro Bomaro, who is a 2020 first-round pick of the Wolves. It does sound like he is going to come over. Uh, he was actually at the press conference where Minnesota brought in Patrick Beverly and they had Vanderbilt and McLaughlin there and a whole bunch of other guys, which is would seem to signal to me that if the deal's not done yet, it will be done soon it's probably a bio and a FIBA clearance thing if I had to guess uh with that one Justin Robinson uh a smaller guard he signed a two-way contract with the Milwaukee Bucks um Broderick Thomas back to the Cleveland Cavaliers on a two-way contract he was with them on a two-way deal and then the Celtics Grizzlies trade of Juancho Hernan Gomez for Chris Dunn Carson Edwards and a second round pick swap has been finalized and is complete as was the waiver of Mark Gasol although those all happened uh, yesterday so so the, the Grizzlies are still plus several players um, that they need to clear out, out, out of their their roster mm-hmm. uh, they're plus four 
oh, right now. I didn't realize um, it was. So, I was thinking it was two or three. It's at four. Yeah. Oh, Memphis. <laughs> yeah, plus four. Yep. So, so there's. Uh, That's a lot. They could make one of them pretty easy because they could. Uh, East Ponds mm-hmm. could be converted into a two-way contract. My money is kind of there where that happens, but they're going to have to cut three guys who were in the NBA last year. So we'll see that the choices seem to kind of be down to uh, Jared Culver, Sam Merrill, Chris Dunn, Carson Edwards, Daniel Turu. Uh, interestingly enough, all those guys were acquired via trade uh, this year by by the Grizzlies. So they, they've got some roster work to do uh, in Memphis. All right. And I've got one more I'll add to the list because it just happened. Uh, and that's Cam Oliver to the Lakers on an Exhibit 10 deal. Played a little bit with the, with the Houston oh, Rockets. Last I season. actually like that. Yeah, yeah he, he's a, uh, I want to say, well, let me uh, make sure I get this right, but I think he played over in Australia. Um, I think he was actually signed to a team in Australia. Uh, yeah, he he was. Um, I think it's like Cairns is how, how you say it. Um, over there, but yeah, he's been a guy who's been pretty good, mm-hmm. um, over in, in, uh, Australia, um, for them. He also played in, in Israel in 1920, uh, total numbers in the 1920 season, uh, 17.6 points per game, nine rebounds per game, uh, 1.6 blocks, uh, kind of an undersized, uh, four or five, uh, kind of guy, but he can also step out and shoot, uh, 36%, uh, in 1920. And then last year he played in Australia until he came to the NBA and was putting up uh, very similar numbers, uh, to, to the prior year. So I, I, I like that one uh, for for the Lakers. Not sure he makes no. the regular season roster. We'll see. But uh, for a camp deal, that that's pretty good. Yeah, de- de- definitely an interesting yeah. player. Yeah, and he uh, he did play in the summer league this year. I'm trying to. I think it was with the Warriors. I want to say that he was with. But uh, see, you are yeah, correct. There you go. So yeah, uh, it could be a good pickup there on an Exhibit Ten contract. But yep. I think that's everything for for now. <laughs> <laughs> whipped right through that's, those last that's ones. right flew flew through all the guys that some of them i'm sure for people listening and even for me some of them were uh could have been creative characters i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i promise i don't I, i'm not gonna do that to you. if i was gonna do that i'd do it and say that they were on the lakers and then force you to like go do some research yeah, and those up, kind of things I'm looking up these names and i'm like this person doesn't exist come on <laughs> <laughs> i love it if anybody ever wants to spot check it go to real gm you plug in their name right in the search and you'll find them they'll all pull up I would I would almost expect you to use like all Avengers names or something, but I think I would pick up on those. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would hope be you like would what pick up Clint Barton? He's a point guard out of what? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> maybe if I did like Chris Barton or something oh, like that, go. or Steve Steve Stark or something. Oh, I don't like I, I, I put ideas in your head. Names. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now it might happen. Yeah, we're 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 actually once we get off the phone, we're gonna eat dinner and we're gonna watch uh, episode six of What If. Oh, so I, I'm excited watched to, it last night. To get in. Pretty good one. Pretty good yeah. one. Pretty it, that's what I heard. One that's for sure. I won't spoil yeah. anything. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. All right, perfect. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, help us out. Make sure you subscri- subscribe to the to the NBA front office youtube channel here i can barely even talk i'm so Not lakers nation i mean subscribe yeah too. subscribe to lakers nation as, as well but <laughs> but subscribe right here to the nba front office youtube channel don't forget to turn on those notifications and of course like this video till next time everybody see ya and stay safe